In this talk, we present an overview of some key focus areas in our journey as a local church and some directions on what we plan to do and emphasize in 2017. So why don't we just stand up to our feet and we're going to boldly declare what God has said about us in His Word. So you got your Bible, hold it high up in the air and let's say this out loud, bold and strong together. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning, uh, it's not going to be a usual Sunday morning sermon. Uh, it's going to be more of an organizational, informational kind of uh, sharing that I'm going to do. Just share some information with us. As a church, uh, where we are going and what's happening in the life of the church and what we've planned for 2017. So I'm just titling this talk as uh, the road ahead. I like to take you know, one Sunday every year just to do this so that it gets all of us in alignment, uh, in agreement, um, and understanding where we are, what, what's, what, what's going on uh, at APC as a church. And uh, so we will uh, take some time to do that. Uh, and we normally just take one Sunday in the year to do, the, do this. But let's begin with the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me to Joshua, the 11th chapter. And um, Joshua chapter 11, we'll start off with a couple of verses from that chapter and, and proceed from there. Joshua 11, I want us to read verse 15, 16, and we'll read verse 23. As the Lord had commanded Moses, his servant, this is verse 15 of Joshua 11. So Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. At the beginning of verse 16 says, Thus Joshua took all this land, the mountain country and so on. And we skip to verse 23. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses. And Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their divisions by their tribes then the land rested from war. So, this is the 11th chapter of Joshua. Joshua has uh, led the people across the river Jordan. They've crossed into that land of promise. They fought many battles. And uh, chapter 11 says, you know, everything Moses commanded Joshua, Joshua, job is done. He conquered the land and he told the tribes, okay, that 12 tribes, the land is before you. We've fought all the kings. We've conquered them. Go possess the land. Go inhabit the land. And in the next chapter, in chapter 12, we're not going to read that chapter, but chapter 12 just lists the kings who were conquered by Moses. So as Moses brought the people all the way to the east side of the river Jordan, they had some battles. They conquered a few kings along the way. And then it lists all the kings that Joshua helped conquer, about 31 kings in all. So seven years since the time... They crossed the river Jordan. 
31 kings have been conquered, have been defeated. Good work has been done. Joshua has led them all. And Joshua at this time is about 100 years, is 100 years old. He's quite an old man. And so the beginning of chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 1, we read this. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, you are, an, you are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Meaning, Joshua, you've, you fought the battles you were supposed to fight, but the land still remains to be possessed. The people are all still together. They need to disperse. They need to go in and occupy the land. They need to occupy territory. You fought the battles, but there still remains much land to be possessed. And so Joshua, you know, he goes back and he stirs up the people saying, guys, we've got to go and possess the land. We've got to go and live. We've got to go and inhabit the land. Um, and so you find that there in verses 6 and 7 of Joshua 13. He divides the land by lot uh, uh, and then he gives each tribe and in, uh, a portion of the land to go and possess, take over. So on the east side of the river Jordan, two and a half tribes had their allotment. So the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh were given portions of the land east of the river Jordan. Nine and a half tribes on the west of river Jordan, the other side. It's okay, this is all your land, you go and possess it. So Joshua did that. And uh, then you come over to chapter 18, Joshua 18. So some of the tribes began to go in and occupy the territory. Chapter 18, we'll read verse 1, verses 1 to 3. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh, and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. But there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? So what had happened? After chapter 13, after Joshua told the people, you know, told the tribes, go and possess the land. Some of them went, but seven tribes were happily sitting there. They were enjoying being in Shiloh, the place where the tabernacle of God was raised. And that was their place where they would meet for worship and all that. They were happily sitting there. And so Joshua comes back to them and says, how long will you neglect going in and occupying the land that has been allotted to? Go in, occupy the land, dwell in that portion of land that has been given to you. Battles have been fought. Kings have been conquered. But people are still sitting around. Not possessing what has been allotted to them. And he comes up with a simple plan. He says, okay guys. You know, maybe he copied what was done back in Numbers 13. To get uh, spies to go spy out the land. He says, okay, you, each, you seven tribes. You're not moving. I need to push you. So find out some leaders. You go survey the land. You come back. And you get a plan together on how each one of you, or each tribe, each one of you are going to go in and possess the land. So he pushes them. He tells them, you know, you need to have a plan. You need to have a strategy of how you're going to go and possess what's been allotted to you. Go do it. Now, I want to use this as, as a picture of something that's probably happening. Uh, not probably, but it's, it is descriptive of the journey you and I are making both as individuals and as a church community. That there is still territory that God has assigned for our lives that we must go in and occupy. 
for each one of us as individuals, that there is territory that God is saying, do not neglect going in and possessing because that's been allotted to your life. It's been assigned to you. And when I mean territory, it could be something in your professional life, something in the area of your family, your marriage, your children, uh, your ministry, the call of God on your life. There are all these things still waiting to be possessed, taken. And so I want to challenge all of us as individuals, do not neglect going in and occupying what God has allotted for your life. Have a plan how we are going to do it. In this case, he told the people, I want you to go and survey the land. Go have a look. This portion of land has been allotted to you. Go check it out. Survey the land. And then come back and get yourselves together and go possess the land that's been allotted to you. So for each one of us, we need to not only know what God's allotted to our lives, but we must have a strategy, have a plan. So this is what God's assigned to our lives, to my life. I need to go in. I need to have a plan how I'm going to go in and take what's been allotted to me. Are you with me? So don't neglect what God has allotted for your life in every area of your life. Say, God, I want to go in and possess the land. Battles have been fought. Kings have been conquered. All of that is great, but you got to occupy. you got to take what God has allotted to you and bring his presence, his work, his purposes into those areas of your life. Have a plan, strategy. This is how I'm going to go and take what God's allotted for my life. It's good to stay in Shiloh, but that's not God's assignment for you. You need to go possess the land. The same thing I want to apply for us as a church community. We're not doing church because, you know, we have nothing else to do on Sunday morning. Or this is just something we also... No, we are here on a mission. We are here to occupy territories that God has assigned for us as a church community. We're on a journey, on a mission together. Amen? There are realms in the spirit. Why, uh, realms in, in the spirit that, that we must go in and possess. We must take over. We must say, God, this has been allotted for us. As a community of people, as believers. And we want to go in and take that land. We want to take that which is ours. We're not having church as a ritual. Sunday morning comes, sing a few songs, listen to a sermon, maybe sleep through it. And, you know, <laughs> wake up, go home. That's not why we're here. We are here on a mission. We are here to go and occupy every territory, every realm in the spirit that's been allotted to us as God's people. Yeah, we must journey together. There are things that God wants us to do in this city and in this nation. And we must pursue that. We must go in and occupy the land. We need to do it together as a people. Amen. So having said this, I want to now just transition more into just talking about the journey ahead, the road ahead. And, and, and some of the things we're going to do, I'm not necessarily going to you know, list everything. But some of the key things I feel I should talk about this morning. Uh, many of you who've been at, in church here at or People's Church, you, you're familiar with some of the things. But I want to highlight um, uh, a few things here so that we are all together in this journey as we go possess territory that God has allotted for us as, as a church community. Let's begin with our vision as a local church. For, the mo for most of us, I think, if we wake you up middle of the night and tell, tell, ask you, what is the vision of All People's Church? Those words will come out. Because you probably heard it every Sunday. Our vision is to be salt and light in the city of 
Bangalore, a voice to this nation and to the nation. Salt and light. Salt permeates its environment. It influences its environment. Light penetrates darkness. It forcefully dispels darkness. That's who you and I are in our city. The Lord Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's why we are here, to be salt and light in our city, to have influence, to have impact in the city of Bangalore, and to be a voice. That means we release what God is saying to our nation and even to the nations of the... So we're here to release the word of God throughout this nation and over into the nations of this world. That's our vision. And as part of this vision of what we are doing, uh, the way we go about it is, is really we want to see three streams merged together into one which we want to release in our city and in our nation. And I've shared this back with you 2014 and and hopefully this will come as a reminder. There are three streams. The streams of miracles and healings, the prophetic and the deliverance, and that of missions. We want to see these three streams flowing through us as a church community into this city of Bangalore and all over this nation, this land. So we want to be, in, one, in, a, in a sense, a conduit of these things, of the, of the miracles and the healings of God, of the prophetic and the delivering power of God, and of missions, the people who are going out and releasing out to those who have need. Are you with me so far? Right? So imagine, so uh, remember this, keep this picture in your mind, three streams. They are pursuing this. God, they want you to bring us to a place. We will have these three streams flowing through us. We want to see the miracles, the healings, and the, uh, the, uh, the power of God. We want to see the prophetic and the delivering power of God. We want to see the missions, just this, the, the move of the Holy Spirit causing us as a body moving into places and regions where we can release this. Now, just to give you an idea of how we go about developing the church. Sometimes we, you know, uh, sometimes we don't get to understand uh, what all goes behind in, 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 in working towards building the local church. So I want to just share this with you. We follow, I mean, when I say we, I mean the pastoral team, the leadership team here, we follow what we call as God's blueprint for the house of God. And we have a book out there, it's titled, it's got the same title, The House of God. And there we share God's blueprint for the local church. So in the Bible, we see 10 pictures of the local church. 10 descriptors of what God wants his people to be. Starting on the lower left, if you're looking up, um, the body of Christ. The local church is the body. A body means every member has a place and has a function. There are no vestigial organs, hopefully. There are no vestigial organs. There are no unused or non-useful part of the body. Every member has a place and has a function and has a gifting and an empowering that God has given. So the body. So we want to build the church as the body of Christ. Then we're a family of God. We are a community that relates to one another as family. We love, we care, we grow in fellowship, we show love, concern for one another. We are the pillar of truth, meaning upholders of truth. Are you following with me? So these are descriptors that God has given about the church. We are pillars of truth. That means we as a people should know the truth and have the strength and the conviction to uphold truth in this world. That's what the local church is. Uh, fourth, we are God's chosen people. That means we are a people who live according to the, the values, 
the customs uh, and the practices of a different kingdom. The, we are God's chosen people. We live according to his, uh, uh, his principles. We are not conformed to this world, but we are transformed. We live according to his kingdom. Uh, we are an army. So we are all soldiers. We know we are engaged in warfare. We have an enemy to contend with. Uh, we are involved in spiritual conflict. So God's people need to be equipped to do that. Then uh, right top, we are the lampstand. We are here to bring the light and the revelation of God into the darkness that's in this world. We are branches on the vine. We are called to be a people who are intimately connected and abiding in the vine, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Without that place of intimacy, we are nothing. We are useless. Uh, we are the temple of God. That means we are a people among whom God's presence and glory must abide. We are here to host and the presence of God and to manifest the glory. That's what the temple is about. We are a house of prayer and worship. We are a people who continually offer prayer, praise and worship to our God. We are here as priests of the Lord. And finally, we are the bride. That we are a people who are being readied for the return of the Lord. And as a bride, we await the bridegroom and his coming and we keep ourselves for him. We are lost in love and adoration towards him. So this is the blueprint for the local church. So what we as a leadership team do is we evaluate us as a church against these 10 descriptors. How are we, meaning the people, doing in these areas? Are you with me now? So whether you realize or not, you're being evaluated. So we ask, how, how is the church doing in these areas? Because this is what God said he wants his people to be. How, how is the church doing as a bride? How is the church doing as an army? How is the church doing as the family? How is the church doing as the body? And so we look at it. And now, before the end of every, every year, we plan for the entire year ahead. So before 2016 was up, we planned for all of 2017. Now, sometimes I wish we had, you know, maybe 200 Sundays a year. But we only have 52 Sundays a year. That's so few. Because there is so much we feel we need to impart, so much we feel we need to release uh, to the people of God to build us up, strengthen us. But we only have 52 Sundays in a year when we gather together in these services on Sunday mornings. That's so few. But what we do at the end, before the end of the previous year is we plan out all 52 Sundays. So... Every Sunday of 2017 has already been planned. We know what we are going to do each Sunday of the year. So we do this prayerfully, not casting lots. Okay. No, we're listening to God saying, God, what are you saying? What are areas we need to lift the church up in, in relationship to this blueprint of 10 areas where we need to keep the church growing constantly, step by step, making having this upward movement in 2017 within with the 52 Sundays we have to work with and other things that, are, that, that happen around it what are areas that we can build the church up so we plan all the 52 Sundays and we share that within our pastoral team and the worship team so everyone is uh, can can start working towards that so just to give you a little idea what we're going to do in 2017 as far as the sermon plans and things that we're going to bring from the pulpit in 2017 uh, We'll do a few book studies, like what we did last year. This year, we're going to study 1 Timothy, Ezra, and Nehemiah. 1 Timothy is a beautiful book when it comes to understanding what the local church is supposed to be. Paul, the apostle, writes the heart of God for the local community. Ezra and Nehemiah talk a lot about restoration, how God brings about restoration in the lives of people. So we're going to study these books through the course of this year. We're also going to do a few series. Now, 
One of the things that, every, you know, thing is people joke about this is what happens in APC series. <laughs> so we do series after series. The reason we do series is because uh, when we want to study a topic or a theme in scripture, it's so hard to cover that in one Sunday in 45 minutes. Uh, it will take several hours to cover that. And so we, you know, try to break it over six Sundays, try to not be longer than six uh, to study a particular theme or a topic in scripture. So this year, We'll be covering a few series. We'll be talking about the manifesting the glory of God, the same thing we're doing at the Leaders' Conference this week. We'll be covering on Sunday mornings in the, in the, in the month of February and March. We'll be talking about restoration of our souls. Uh, one of the things we, we see uh, is that many of us as, as believers have a lot of challenges in the area of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, the psychological realm of us. We're struggling with it. And so we'll be uh, addressing that. Uh, and, 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 and seeing God work in that area. We'll be also doing a series on ministering the gifts of the Spirit, where we, really believe, we want to really stir us up as, as believers to learn how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit in our everyday life. And we'll be doing one last series for the end of the year on life skills from the Word of God and some basic things that you and I need to do uh, and the principles of God that govern that. And, you know, around these series that we do and the book studies we do, we'll, we'll intersperse them with single messages, with, with motivational messages. And we'll also be having some great guest speakers with us. And in the month of Feb, uh, we'll be having Bishop Devadas. He's, he's been used by God so amazing in, in Gujarat. Uh, he was a man from South India that God led to Gujarat. And, and a mighty move God took place in the tribals, in the, among the built tribes in Gujarat. So we'll have him coming in, in month of Feb, and we've got a couple of others scheduled for the, for the year. We, bring, we try to bring in men, who, men or women, people who can really uh, inspire and impart to our lives out of what God has done through them. And so we'll have these guest speakers coming, ministering to us through the course of this year. Now, in view of this, what is your role? What should you be doing in the course of this year? I really want to challenge each of us to work on these three areas during the course of 2017. First, I want to challenge us to work, uh, to, to really think about evangelism, to do something in that area, each one of us. Now, when we say evangelism, it sounds a very theological word, but it simply means that you and I are sharing Jesus with other, that's all it is, share Jesus with other people, each one of us are called to share Jesus with others. I want to encourage you to work on that area. Work on doing that this year. Now, identify two or three people. Don't, you know, try to list down a you know, hundred people, Lord, a hundred people. It's good, you know, if you have a hundred people on your list, but think about two or three people. And think about people in your circle of influence, people that you meet on a regular basis. Because, you know, giving out tracts, that's good. I mean, you can go and give out tracts, but you don't know what ha- happens to that. I'm not saying God can't use it. God still uses that. And we still do give out literature and all that. That's good. But start with people in, our, in your circle. Let's start with people in our circles of influence. People that you meet regularly. And what should you do? Identify two or three of them. Start praying for them. Just pray. Say, God, I pray for a person A, B, and C. These three people that I meet every day in my school, my college, my place of work, or my neighborhood, or in the sports club, or you know, when I go to the gym, or when I go out to play, whatever. You know, people that you meet, think about them. Start praying for them. And then... Um, Start engaging in conversations with them. Start talking to them about God, what they think about God, what they think about meaning in life, and, and, and start talking to them about Jesus and what the Lord is doing for you, in you, 
I have conversations with them where you can share Jesus. And then when you feel it's time is right, invite them to your small group, your life group, or even invite them to church Sunday morning. Uh, feel free to do that. And then, of course, you can give them some literature to read, some of our books or other tracts. At the right time, when you think they are open to that, you can give them something to read that might help them in their journey of discovery. And then, when you, you know, just trust the Lord to move upon them and help them make a commitment to Christ. So, evangelism. You all with me so far? Second area that I really want to invite us to work on this year is discipleship. Discipleship is helping somebody else become strong in their faith in and to grow towards Christ-like. All of us are called to make disciples. Some of us think like, okay, that's only the pastor's job. No, we're all called to make disciples. We're all called to help somebody else become stronger in their faith in Christ and to grow into Christ-likeness. We're all called to do that. So what do you do? Find somebody who's young in their faith or young in their walk with God. There may be some friends that you know in church and begin to disciple them. Now again, when you say disciple them, I don't mean, you know, you start doing some heavy duty Bible study. No, it could be as simple as how are you doing in your spiritual life? So we ask them, how are you doing in your business? How are you doing in your professional life? Okay, all that is nice. But ask the question, how are you doing in your, how are you doing? And they will share with you. And then you help them, share with them how they can, you know, in case they're not yet started reading the word of God regularly, help them read the word, show them how they can do that. If they don't have a personal time with God in prayer, show them how they can do that. Maybe they have some questions, try to answer those questions from the word of God. Don't give them your own ideas from the word. This is what the Bible says. Uh, If they need encouragement at any time. So discipling somebody, if you've been a believer for at least two years, I'm sure you can turn around and start discipling somebody. Do you agree? Oh, no, that's too much for me. No. And this doesn't have to happen inside a chapel setting. You can meet in coffee day. Meet anywhere. It doesn't mean like, oh, disciple, I've got to go to a holy place. And No. No. Wherever you are, it could happen in your living room. It could happen wherever. Just meet with that person. Or maybe, you know, if you can't meet regularly, just pray over the phone. Something that you can do. All of us can be involved in helping others strengthen their faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to do that this year. Help disciple somebody else. Spend time one-on-one. Or do a little Bible study. If you have two, three people you want to work with, do get them together and spend time with them together. Study the Word of God. Pray with them. Encourage them from the Word of God. And the third area, of course, I want, I want to encourage all of us to be involved is in missions. Mission simply means to share what God has given you with other people, spiritually first. What God's given you, you go out and share with them. Impart to them. There are so many parts of our nation where there are people who, have, who don't have even as little of what we have in terms of the knowledge of the Word of God, in terms of the working of the Holy Spirit. They have no exposure to all of that. And so we need to go and impart to them. And I encourage you to do that. Uh, early this week, you'll receive our entire calendar for this year. You'll have the dates of all the things that are happening. The reason we put it out early in the year is so that you could plan your schedule around some of the things that you want to participate in. And so you'll have all, this, all the mission trips that have been planned for this year, I think six or seven of them. Uh, you'll have our short-term Bible colleges that are happening. And so you are encouraged, we encourage you to get involved in any of those things that you would like to. Just plan your year ahead of time as much as you can. If you've got a certain number of days as vacation days, keep a few days to go on one or more mission trips. If you've got lots of surplus money, keep some of it 
other than spending it at Central or, you know, <laughs> wherever, whichever mall you like to go to, other than spending it over there, keep some of that money to help go on missions and, and, and do something, engage in missions this year. And we, we'd encourage you to do that. Of course, to, uh, to do all of these things, you need to be equipped. And we, uh, we continue to equip God's people, of course, through the Sunday sermons. Uh, the Sunday sermons are designed, as I mentioned here, to really build people up in certain areas. Uh, we are doing it very intentionally as, as we feel the Lord leading us to do that. So you're going to be equipped through the Sunday sermons, get equipped. And uh, uh, we also have weekend schools. We'll be having weekend schools every month from February through November. So you can attend these weekend schools to get equipped. You can read our publications. I really want to encourage you to read our publications. Publications are not part of the decoration outside. <laughs> Oh, there they go. Nice, nice. No, please. Keep, have an entire set of these books at home. Study them. Read them. If you want, like, prefer digital versions, go to the website, download them. They're all available. Uh, read them. Study them. They are so important. These books, when we send them out around the country, people value them so much. They treasure them. They are so grateful that we're able to give them out freely to people around the country. So I want that same, you know, that... That us to have that same uh, value for these free publications that are available. Um, get involved in serving God. Serving uh, is one of the greatest ways that you can grow, right? Three things. Head, heart, hands. Some of us, we need to be convinced in our heads. Then it gets into our heart. Then it comes out through our... That's for some of us. For some of us, first we get involved with our hands. Then it gets into our heart. Then we finally get to it. Now I understand. Doesn't matter which way you learn. Whether you are head, heart, or hands person, or you are hands, heart, and head person. Get in there. Get in there. Receive. If you want to understand things first, then gets into your heart. Only then you move. Okay. We've got things for you. We've got weekend school, Sunday sermons, books. If you're a hard hand, heart, and head person, then again, come on, get involved. Go on missions. As you do things, it gets into your heart. Now you are. Oh, you're convinced. And, then, and slowly you understand, ah, finally I understand why these people are doing all this. <laughs> it then comes, then it dawns. So either different, doesn't matter how you learn. We're trying to address both ways. And there are opportunities for you. I want to talk a little bit about our ministries before uh, we wrap up. Just two, two, two highlights, ministries and outreach. Uh, we will continue with all the ministries that we're doing, uh, that we've been doing. You know, through the, through the course of every week, there is Catalyst, there's Campus Elevates happening. Uh, lots of different things that are going on. But I want to highlight three things that uh, we will be working on, our new things we want to bring in this year, a couple of things. First one uh, is a couple's dinner day. Uh, we had that once last year. This year we will do it twice, once each six months. Uh, we'll do a couple's dinner day where the, the whole focus is to help uh, people just take a pause and, 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 and just renew their marriage relationship. So those dates will be out. Uh, we'll send you the calendar. And so please block those dates, married couples. And, and please try to be a part of that. Just to pause and take marriage uh, family seriously. And to receive some input um, on those days. And, and just strengthen yourselves. The other thing we'll be doing new this year is to have youth workshops. We had some feedback from people who said that uh, there are, you know, the, the, both college going, the young people, college going and those who are out early in their professional life they have a lot of different areas of challenges of course in some cases they may have some help from you know their institutions uh, but it's so important for the church to be able to provide answers for that from a biblical perspective and so on so 
uh, we've planned um, uh, about five youth workshops. This will happen on a few selected Saturdays from uh, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. This is for young people who are in college or early in their professional life. And uh, I'll just mention some of the things we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing, uh, in February, we're going to be doing an education, on education and career choices. So, young people, how do you decide? What do you do next? And career choices that you need to make. We'll talk about skills for success. Uh, we'll have another work workshop on maximizing poten potential and performance. Uh, we'll have another workshop on growing professionally within an organization. We'll have another workshop on entrepreneurship. And all of this will be presented with, of course, practical things, and then with Christian principles, discipleship, witness, and missions in mind. And uh, what I would really uh, welcome is people from our congregation, the professional, the, the experienced people, if you would like to make yourself available to come and share this with younger people. So if you'd like to you know, be involved, please get in touch with me in any of these areas that you can contribute education and career choices or skills that you need to be successful, uh, maximizing your potential and performance or growing professionally within an organization or in the area of entrepreneurship. Those who are experienced, if you'd like to just be involved in this workshop, please let me know. And I think this is also a great way for intergenerational connect between the church. Those who are you know, older, who've, who've got a lot of experience, and then the younger people are just kind of getting out of college getting into their professional life, uh, if we can impart to them with Christian principles and uh, a biblical perspective in mind, that will be of great help to them. Another area that we really uh, will start address this year uh, is the professionals meetup. There are a lot of professionals, but we don't connect with each other. And we, uh, if we could just come together to see how, how we can not only encourage each other, but how together we can make a difference in our city and in our nation, uh, that'll be great. So we're going to do have three meetups this year for professionals. Uh, we'll have we'll address topics of relevance from a Christian perspective for Christians in the marketplace. Um, uh, we'll also have some uh, you know uh, some uh, provision for some some intellectually stimulating things shared in these meetings. Uh, but it'll be a great opportunity for professionals to meet up, to encourage each other, and also come up with a strategy on what we can do for God's kingdom. So we'll do that this year. And before I close, the last one I want to talk about is our outreach and mission strategy. Now, many people say, okay, you know, what is the church? Why is the church always talking about missions, mission trips? Are they all going on holidays or what? <laughs> no, why are these people doing missions? Well, what is this all about? So missions is us basically pouring out into the nation what God has given to us spiritually. And um, there are three parts to this whole missions effort. First of all, it has to do with equipping. There are lots of people around the country who are serving God, but who cannot go to a Bible college, who have not been properly trained. Uh, they, know the, you know, they may know the basics. They know what salvation is, which is good. They know the gospel. They know, okay, you need to go to church. You need to be water baptized. But beyond that, they don't know. So even though they may win people to Christ, they don't know how to really address the challenges, the problems. And there are many pastors, people are pastoring churches who have not been trained. They don't, have never been to Bible college. But God is using them. God is working through them. And they are probably the majority of the workers we have out in the field across North India. These kinds of people who have never been to Bible college. But they are the ones who are out there on the mission. So what we're doing is we're going to them to equip them. Train them in the word of God. Train them in the things of God. And pass on to them what God's given to us. So we do that through many ways. Through our short-term Bible college, through the two-year Bible college, through the free books that we give out, through Christian leaders' conferences, through foundations for young people that we have, uh, through our television programs. Uh, through all of that, we are able to equip the people of God. That's the first part. Now, once you equip the people, the next thing is you follow up in church planting. That means 
they are going to go out and start ministry, establish churches, but they need somebody to help them in that process. So there are people who may have already started churches that we need to get behind with and help them uh, financially. And there are people who are going to start churches and they also need help financially. In some places, we need to help them build church building. Because in some areas, if you meet together in a house or something, you'll have 40 people standing outside with sticks and stones. It's dangerous. So you need to have a church building. They won't let you meet in homes. Here in Bangalore, you can meet in your home, worship, pray. But in some parts of India, that's dangerous. They won't let you do that. You need to have a proper church building with security and which nobody can violate. That's a church building. No, they should, they, they're not allowed to come in. And so in some places, we need to help them put up a, a structure, buy land, put up a structure, uh, and so on. So that comes under the church planting area. And then also urban church planting. That is, there are many tier one, tier two, tier three cities, especially tier two, tier three cities across our nation where they need good English-speaking churches. People are moving in, but there are no good English churches. And so we need to focus on that, help raise up churches in those cities. So that's the church planting part. People whom we have trained, we know them well, we can back them up in the church planting area. You're with me so far? Then comes the empowering part. You always run into people across the nation where they don't have the means for an education. They are willing to study, they want to study, but they don't have the money to go through uh, an education. So we can, when we identify these people, we haven't started doing in, uh, work in the empowering part yet, but it's something we kept on the table. That when we find these people, we can back them up, help them get a good education so that then they can have a good future. They can have a means uh, to live properly. Or uh, we can uh, engage in microfinancing, help them start a small business or something that, that they can help become, that'll help them become self-sufficient. And that's an area we're going into. Tell your neighbors, time to wake up. Okay, sit down. Uh, this is, in general, some of the things that we're looking at as we make this journey. It's not necessarily everything, but some of the key things. And so, as a church, we must not neglect. But God has allotted for us. We must go in and occupy the land. And this is the journey we're making. And I want us to be able to flow together, get involved. Let's serve together. Let's work together to see God's kingdom come in our city and in our nation. Amen? And the same challenge for you personally. Go in and occupy territory that God has allotted for your life. Go in there. Possess what God's meant for you, kept for you. Joshua told the people, do not neglect to go in and possess the land. There still remains much land to be occupied. What do you feel God is calling you to do personally? Territories he wants you to occupy that you know has been kept for you. For some of us, maybe we need that clarity. We may need to say, God, could you show me what is it that you want me to go and occupy? What, is the, what has been allotted for my life? Whether it's professionally or in your walk with God whichever area that you would like to pray about. And as we spend these closing moments here, I would request you to take some time to pray and listen to the Lord. What is it God speaking to you? What does He want you to occupy? Where, do you, where does He want you to advance, to see growth, to see increase in your life? Be bold. Be courageous. To go occupy the lands. God has allotted to you to not neglect to go in and possess it. And would you also pray for us as a church and say, God, as a church, help us make this journey. 
Help us as a church community, God, to be together, to journey together. In the realm of the Spirit and God in the areas of ministry which we serve our city and serve our nation. Help us to go in and take what you've allotted for us. We take a few moments as to pray for us as a church. Then we'll be sensitive to the Lord and hear Him. Lord, I just pray that as we wait upon you these few moments, you will speak to every person, God. You will grant them your visions and dreams, clarity on what you want them to do, on what's allotted for their lives, that they should go in and possess. Holy Spirit, come upon every person, Lord, even now. Stir up, Lord our minds, stir up our hearts for that which you want us to go in and possess. Let that clarity come. Let the direction of the Lord come. Let us rise to our feet as we sing together and get ready to close. Shepherd of my soul I give you full control Wherever you may
Alright, let's say Psalm 23 together. Ready to go? Go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Hey, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Lord prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. God bless you. Keep walking with the Lord who is your shepherd. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. See you again. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.